This is the Black and Blue Report, straight from the source. No appointment radio, wherever, whenever. Now, from Studio B, or from wherever the Saints or Pelicans might be, here's Sean Kelly. Hey, good to have everybody along here for the Black and Blue Report. Welcome into the Friday edition, and greetings from Studio B here on Airline Drive. I'm Sean Kelly. We've reached the end of the week, a difficult week to say the least, no doubt. It's been a bit of a roller coaster ride. Um, you know, very few ups, uh, but plenty of downs, and uh, those uh, downs uh, continue today. I-, I say down because of the sadness of the situation with regards to the passing of Will Smith and Hokie Gaijan uh, this week. But I'll say uh, a celebration as well. We'll say formally goodbye to both men today via visitations and funeral services. Those will be emotional events, not only here on campus, but also on the North Shore at Madisonville uh, for the uh, funeral for Hokie Gaijan. So there's a, you know, there's that, that overwhelming weight that's been on the Saints family this week and yours as well. Um, but this week, or this day, I should say, I hope that we'll find some celebration of both men and the impact they've had on our lives. So uh, we'll visit again about that today briefly with John DeShazer. But also when I talk about some of the the highs of the week, the NFL schedule released last night is certainly always fun. And uh, John DeShazer will also be speaking to us today uh, and giving us his thoughts on how the Saints schedule looks here (laughs) one day after the schedule release and still so far away from the regular season. So we'll talk with John DeShazer about that. And uh, John will also uh, make sure that you are up to speed on the details of the Will Smith visitation here at the Saints facility today and also the uh, funeral mass time for Hokie Gaijan this afternoon at St. Anselm Church in Madisonville. So uh, John DeShazer will lead off our guest list today. And then we have to uh, really kind of start to pick up some steam here on our NFL draft preview series. We'll cover two different picks today. The Browns at number two. And then the San Diego Chargers at number three. Mary Kay Cabot is kind enough to join us to talk about the Browns. And we welcome back Annie Heilbrunn as well. She covers the San Diego Chargers. And so we'll talk about picks two and three of our NFL Draft Preview Series today on this Friday. That'll get us set up for Monday when we uh, take a look at the Dallas Cowboys. So we've got a lot on our plate here this Friday. We're so glad you're able to join us and uh, make us a part of uh, what I think will be a special day in our city. So our conversations with John DeShazer, Mary Kay Cabot, and Annie Heilbrin, without further ado, begin right after this. Trust isn't something that's easily built over video screens or with long-distance calls. That's why at Whitney Bank, we make it a priority to be here for you with more local branches offering face-to-face service. Whitney customers leave with more than a transaction receipt in hand. We listen to your goals and have what it takes to help you achieve them. Drop by today and ask about our new relationship checking packages with built-in personal identity security features. Whitney Bank, here today, here when you need us. Here to build a future with you. How much do you want to lose this year? 5, 10, 15 pounds? It's time to set your goal and go for it with the Smoothie King Change a Meal Challenge. Just change one meal a day with one of 20 delicious meal replacement smoothies, all under 400 calories per 20-ounce serving, and see how much you can lose. With flavors like pineapple mango, almond mocha, and more, it's easier than ever to reach for your goals. Take the Change a Meal Challenge, only at Smoothie King. Smoothies with a purpose. Weight loss is based on a low-calorie diet and exercise program. Consult your physician before beginning any diet program. 
We're talking Saints football on the Black and Blue Report. Well, I think that John DeShazer might set a new record for Black and Blue Report this week. I, I want to say, John, this will be your third appearance of the week already on Black and Blue Report, and it's only Friday. Back my popular demand or something like that, I guess. <laughs> Always a pleasure. It, it, thank you, sir. I know it, it must mean there's lots to talk about, and there is this week. Um, let's start with the positive first. Uh, the Saints schedule and the NFL schedule has been released. Uh, and I know a lot of folks are excited and already started to plan their fall schedule, as I'm sure you are as well. Um, what were some of your thoughts as that was uh, unveiled last night? Well, I mean, I think the, the thing that really jumped out at me and caught my eye is my, uh, a small thing, but the Saints began at home two out of the first three games. And a lot of times building that early momentum can help the team, uh, you know, you know, stack up some wins and, and get it going, and hopefully uh, that'll be the exact case with the Saints. Uh, they play Oakland in Game One, and and uh, you know that might be a win. And hopefully again in Game Three they come back home. And if you can get out to a two and one start, like I said, that can cover a multitude of sins later on in the season if you can build a little momentum. And uh, and another thing that stood out: only two prime time games scheduled so far, and uh, we know that. Usually, prime time loves the Saints because they play well under the light. But I think that's the direct result of two back-to-back seven and nine records. And so, uh, you know, maybe a, a little bit of luster has come off. And we know that some games can be flexed in later on in the season, on you know, for Sunday night. But so far, the schedule only has two prime time games, and the Saints have been extremely successful in in prime time. This is the least amount of prime time games they've had since the first season of uh, Sean Payton, two thousand and six when they only played the night reopening of the Superdome game. Every other season there's been at least three in some games. Some seasons there's been as many as five primetime games. So, you know, those couple jumped out. And, of course, you know, you got the going home game. Got Drew Brees going back to Qualcomm Stadium in San Diego where he began his career, played his first five years there. He's played the Chargers twice, but he's never played them in San Diego. And then Jimmy Graham coming back to New Orleans to play the Saints. Um, it'll be his first time you know, in a Seattle uniform playing in the Superdome, in any uniform playing in the Superdome other than as anything other than the Saints. And, uh, you know, one of the all-time leading receivers in franchise history, the leading tight end receiver in franchise history. So it'll be a little homecoming for Jimmy Graham. So I think those are the things that kind of jumped out at you a little bit. You mentioned those primetime games, one of which is, is almost 10 years to the day since the uh... – Steve Gleason returned to the Dome game against the Atlanta Falcons, and sure enough, the NFL, the NFL is smart enough to have you against Atlanta again. Uh, if that one's not circled on everyone's calendar, I don't know what would be. It'll be another emotional night at the Superdome. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I can't imagine there won't be some sort of ceremony accompanying it. I mean, with, as you mentioned, almost 10 years to the day. Uh, I'm sure Steve Gleason will be you know, present. We know what happened in that game, you know, where he blocked the punt and basically set up that, that whole – you know, cascade of emotions and everything else that went with it. And, and yeah, sometimes you got to give the league a little bit of credit. Huh? They kind of get it right every now and again. You know, they, they make it tough on you. One of the difficult stages of the season will be when the Saints basically play back-to-back games against the reigning Super Bowl champion Denver Broncos and then the uh, the Super Bowl runner-up, the team that they beat, the Carolina Panthers. And that's going to be a short week. They'll play Denver on Sunday and play Carolina on Thursday. But, having that Monday night game against the Falcons in the Superdome that close to the anniversary of, of reopening, it's going to be a huge deal around here. Yeah, John, you mentioned getting off to a fast start, and we always talk about that with the Saints, especially under Sean Payton. 
But when you look at the, the, the um, I guess, the gauntlet that you're going to have to run through later in the season, man, those first four games are going to be even more key because of that. Well, and that's why you got to stack up, you know, build up a little equity early. I mean, because you just don't know what's going to happen later on as the schedule stiffens and you play a few more road games and, and play against a little bit better competition. You know, you, it's, the more you can stack them up early, the more you can, you know, withstand some rocky spots spot down the stretch. So that's what the Saints will be looking for. That's what they haven't had the past couple of seasons. You know, they started, you know, 0-2 a couple of years ago and started 0-3. Uh, last year, and every time you turn around, you know, if, you, if you're digging out of a hole, you know, by the time you can get to four and four, you've expended a vast amount of energy trying to do that, and any slip from there, you know, throws you right back in the hole that you climbed out of. So, you know, hopefully they can start early, uh, build up something, get a little equity in the bank, and, and be able to withstand the rocky spots down the stretch. John, the bye week comes awfully early, October 9th. Um, is there a positive and or a negative to having the bye week there after the first four games? I think it's I think it's a negative. I mean, you know, anytime you have a bye week, obviously, you know, these guys play a brutal sport, and your bodies take a, a, a ton of punishment. But I mean, to have it that early, I just I just I think there's a downside to it from the standpoint of you know now you finish out the season with basically 12 consecutive games on, on weeks, except for you know when you play the short week and you get the long weekend. That's really grueling. I think most teams prefer to have that buy later on in the season because, you know, you need to kind of heal up those bumps and bruises by week eight or nine. And, um, you know, after four weeks, you're still still relatively fresh. And so to get it that early in the season, it makes it a real grueling stretch run. John, no, no Thanksgiving game, and that's not a big surprise. I, I thought it was kind of uh, interesting that people are wanting to point that out. But the one quirk in this year's calendar is that both uh, Christmas Day and New Year's Day both fall on Sundays. And so as a result, you have a, a day home game on Christmas Eve and then a road game to wrap it all up in Atlanta on New Year's Day. Um, that will make for uh, some interesting planning for folks down the stretch. Yeah, I mean, that kind of, that kind of you know, messes up your holidays a little bit, doesn't it? I mean, <laughs> you know, we go through it all the time because we deal with these things and we cover them and, and so, you know, for us to miss holidays that way is no big deal. But, I mean, you know, it kind of puts a little bit of a damper on the travel and all that kind of stuff. But, I mean, at least the, the Christmas game is Christmas Eve, so it gives you an opportunity to be at home. And, and you know, to have a game on, on New Year's Day will remind you of bowl season, I guess. But, you know, it, it's never easy, you know, when you're doing these NFL schedules and games and trying to get all this stuff, you know, mapped out and everything. So people are going to have to be a little bit judicious of, of how they spend that cash around the holidays, I guess. John, I can't help but think that the weather will uh, not be a factor here, uh, it, it, at least, you know, first glance. Both of the outdoor stadiums you're going to play at on the road uh, that might be weather problems at New York and at Kansas City should be early enough in the schedule. And then, heck, when it is darn right cold outside, you're going to play road games at Tampa Bay, at Arizona, and indoor at Atlanta. I, I think you caught a break there. Yeah, and, I mean, we know the Saints – function a little bit better um, in, in better weather. I mean, you know, they've been a team that functioned better inside the Superdome, obviously, and also, you know, when the weather kind of agrees with them. So, yeah, it, it'll be good to, you know, to finish out the season in good weather. Now, the last few years, they kind of played the second game against Tampa Bay in Tampa in December or, or so, you know, when it's always a little bit warmer there. And uh, But, yeah, to be able to get those bad weather cities out of the way early, 
is a is a benefit and a plus for the for the for the thing. The first time ever at Levi's Stadium in San Francisco. You guys haven't played out there since the uh, playoff game, and have never played in that venue. Uh, John, just on a personal level, are you somewhat excited to see that facility? Yeah, I am, and hopefully they'll have the turf together by then, huh? Because they they have they've been having some difficult difficulty with it. I know they're scheduled to play the Super Bowl there, and everybody was saying the turf might not even be ready. Uh, so you know, hopefully they'll have all of that together. But yeah, we have not been there since that playoff game. Uh, really, uh, one of the more exciting playoff games that I've ever ever been a part of covering or or seeing. Uh, where where San Francisco pulls it out in the last couple of seconds, and you know just when you think the Saints have it won on a long pass from you know Drew Brees to Jimmy Graham, uh, San Francisco basically snatches victory from the jaws of defeat later, and and, and everything had everything after as it turns out had stacked up in the Saints' favor after that. I mean, you know they would have been able to host playoff games after that, and unfortunately weren't able to get it done in San Francisco. So. It'll be it'll be good to go there and hopefully uh, exercise a, a little bit. Not really exercise demons because they're two different teams now, but uh, you know go get out there and play a game against the Niners and hopefully win one. John, there are a lot of Saints fans that that might only be able to go to one home game a year, whether it be because of ticket availability or the cost of a day uh, in the NFL. If if you were to suggest to that kind of Saints fan uh, out of the home schedule. What would be the one home game if you only could pick one that you would make sure that you could uh, could go to? Well, I would always choose the Falcons game one because it's a, a blood rival essentially, and the two two teams you know really really um, you know to me dislike each other <laughs> even though they try to downplay it. And two because it's close to the anniversary of, of the Katrina game. You know, it's almost ten years to today. Uh, that day and and that mood and that week will be so emotional around here. Uh, because, you know, everybody has memories about it, and you'll be flooded with those emotions as you go back into the Superdome. And, I mean, yeah, the league couldn't have planned it better than to have the Saints play the exact same opponent, you know, that they played for that reopening. So that would be the game. I would, and I would suggest that game, you know, just on a regular basis, but certainly with the circumstances around it, I would suggest that game. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um, it, it it's a... It's an interesting schedule. I think it's got a lot of attractive pieces to it. Uh, I know that some folks love to sit there and look at the schedule and go win, 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 loss, win, you know, work their way down the schedule and try and predict. Um, it's way too early for me, but, John, did you do it? Did you go down the schedule and try and figure out what, what wins were and what losses were? No, I've learned my lesson on that, my friend. We did that, <laughs> did that in the last couple of years. Saints uh, ended up 7-9, but... You know, I had no idea what I was talking about. And you, and you just don't know what's going to happen in terms of injuries and, you know, when a team gets hot. And, you know, who knew who knew Carolina was going to go 15-1 last year and, and really catch fire? I mean, the Saints played them down to the stretch in a couple of games. So, you know, for me to, to you know, go and circle and, you know, and I, I think it's kind of human, human nature. You want to do that, but... You know, every time you do it, you say, well, you know, they ought to win this one, they ought to win this one, and they ought to win this one. And, you know, but before you know it, you know, maybe the defense didn't play it well, or maybe you lose a critical guy on offense that week or something like that. So, hey, I'm, I'm, I'm going to be like coaches and players now, man. I'm just going to take them one at a time because every time I've tried to circle it that way, you know, I've come out really, really looking really foolish and really stupid to myself. Well, I agree with you on that. John DeShazer with us, a senior writer from NewOrleansSaints.com. Hey, John, let's, let's change gears here a little bit. It's been a, a very difficult week, uh, obviously, that now uh, finds us 
saying goodbye formally to Hokie Gaijan and Will Smith today um, with the visitation at the Saints facility for Will Smith and the funeral mass in Madisonville for Hokie Gaijan. Uh, this will be another day where it will be awfully difficult to have a dry eye or not uh, have some deep thoughts about two men uh, that have left us here, unfortunately, way too early in the Saints family. Yeah, it uh, will be an emotional day. Um, the Saints family has, has suffered two really, really huge losses, you know, within a, within a couple of days of each other last week. So, you know, it will be uh, a memorial service for Deuce, I mean, for, uh, for, for Will Smith, as you, as you mentioned, and, and then Hokie's, you know, ceremony also, services also. And, uh, you know, two beloved guys, uh, you know, Hokie, Hokie guy, John, you know, I think uh, Sam Brock said it said it best. Uh, he was like, "Who who's more South Louisiana than Hokie Gaijon? And I mean, you know, a beloved guy, 36 years with the organization, and worked in all kinds of capacities. You know, a football player, and then a scout, and you know, then a radio broadcaster. Everybody around here knows Hokie and has a Hokie story, probably. And and then Will Smith to, to you know to, to you know lose his life the way he did. You know, it's going to be an extremely emotional day. I'm going to go to the to the Will Smith Memorial, and, and you know, as you mentioned, you know, a dry eye. I don't know who's going to be able to hold one because you know we're talking about some difficult circumstances for both men's passing. So, you know, it's it's one of those days you you really don't look forward to it. I mean, it it you know you, when you have friends who pass, it's difficult to have days like this, and and it's going to be an emotional day for everybody involved. Without a doubt. John, any details that uh, you feel the need to pass along with regard to the Will Smith visitation? I know you'll be there at the Saints facility for that. I know uh, the visitation for the public is 2 to 7 p.m., so there'll be a lot of time for people who, you know, whether you're at work or not at work, to be able to come in and, and get a viewing and, and, you know, extend your condolences. So it'll be for five hours, and, and other than that, um, I don't know about the, the actual funeral services yet. I, I don't think they've been been scheduled or publicized but you know again you know i think everybody will want to come and pay their respects you know to will smith you know one of the one of the best saints you know in terms of players of all time and you know people have great testimonials about him and and so it'll be an opportunity to come you know say say your last respects and and, and give him a, a good farewell yeah i talked to zach streif yesterday and uh by zach's count he uh, already knew of over 50 former players uh, that will be in attendance today at the visitation at the Saints facility. And uh, as far as Hokie Gaijan goes, it'll be at St. Anselm Catholic Church in Madisonville, uh, visitation uh, through midday, and then a funeral mass at uh, 2.30. So, John, I hate that yeah. we are ending on this note. I'm, I'm awfully excited about the schedule, but then again, uh, that's uh, tinged a little bit, the enthusiasm here on this Friday with what we just spoke of. And um, I wish you the best, my friend. It'll be a difficult day for all of us. Well, I wish you the best also. I know you're going to, uh, again, you're going to Pokey's uh, services. And, and look, I mean, you know, we, we, we play a game, we cover a game, we watch a game, and a lot of times we can kind of lose perspective on exactly what it is we're doing until, you know, some, some of these kinds of things happen. So, you know, it, it jolts you back to reality, and, you know, and that we're, you know, we're extremely fortunate to do what we do. But what we do is, is not, you know, literally it's not life or death. It's a big part of what we do, but and a big part of our lives, but, you know, it really takes a backseat in the secondary when we have, you know, friends and loved ones who, 
who who are who lose their lives, and and we have to have services to, to memorialize them and remember them, and hopefully, you know, remember them fondly. God be with you, my friend, and uh, John, thank you very much, and I'll see you next week. Yes, sir, will do. All right, John DeShazia with us here on the Black and Blue Report. We'll continue on this Friday in just a moment. Power outages turn your world upside down. You need to know when your power will come back on, and you want to know what happened. The fastest way to stay informed? Entergy text alerts. You'll get prompt updates on when your power will be restored and on what happened. You can even send a text to be sure your outage is being repaired. When the power is out, what's faster than calling? Texting. Sign up today at EntergyText.com. That's the power of people. Entergy. New Orleans 2016. One night. One band. New Orleans, they're back. Guns and Roses, live for one night only. July 31st, Mercedes-Benz Superdome. Get access to preferred tickets with your city card. Buy tickets at LiveNation.com. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Here's Sean Kelly. Welcome back. Our NFL Draft Preview continues here now as we look at, at the Cleveland Browns and their situation, and we're so pleased to welcome back Mary Kay Cabot, who uh, you'll find, of course, well, a number of places, Cleveland.com, the, the plane dealer, uh, and, of course, on television, too. First of all, great to have you back, Mary Kay. I hope that your offseason has been somewhat smooth here. Yeah, you know what? It, it has been. You know, there's been a lot of Johnny Manziel news, yep. but, you know, now that's for the most part behind us, and now we've got a lot of uh, Josh Gordon news and RG3, so it's been, uh, you know, it's been a typical Browns offseason, let's let's put it that way. And I don't mean to chuckle, but uh, it's it seems like it never stops for the Browns. It never really does. Uh, you know, there's always something. You know, for a team that, that hasn't won very much over the past, uh, 17 years they sure are in the news an awful lot but uh, you know hopefully they'll get it right I'm, you know I think Hugh Jackson is just a tremendous addition to the team he's got these guys uh, all fired up and then ready to go out and run through a wall for him already and uh, so I, I think that, that better times will be ahead I think so and I think that, you know obviously a high draft pick will also be something fun to talk about for Browns fans um, what do you envision coming up here uh, at the end of April for the Browns and what they might do with such a high pick again well, you know, uh, even though they signed RG3, I still think they will go quarterback at number two. Uh, I still think they should go quarterback at number two. I think this is a team uh, that has not drafted a quarterback high since Tim Couch in 1999, 17 years ago, and uh, they need to get that right if they're going to go anywhere. So, uh, you know, now's the time. They've got the number two overall pick, and there's two really good potential franchise quarterbacks there so they can get one of them, either Jared Goff or Carson Wentz. Some of it will depend on what happens above them. Maybe someone will trade up and uh, and grab the guy they really want. Uh, so who knows about that? But if they have a comfort level with both of them, they can get one of them at number two. I like Carson Wentz a little bit better just because of size and a little bit more mobility and some different things. Um, I think the Browns probably – um, you know, maybe they would also go golf, or maybe they have golf a little bit ahead of Wentz. Uh, but I think they will land one of those two guys. Does your gut tell you they stay right where they are and grab one of those two guys, or do you have some 
uncertainty in the, in that feeling? Well, I do have some uncertainty in that feeling, but I think in the end they ultimately will stay there and pick one of those two guys just because, you know, everyone does know, you know, at this at this point uh, that they really just aren't going to go anywhere until they really have that, that franchise quarterback. So uh, if you have the chance to get one and you're up there at number two and you can grab that guy and then be set potentially for the next, you know, eight, ten years or longer, uh, I think you really need to do that. That's the most important thing. Otherwise, in the draft, Mary Kay, what, what do you look to see as the Browns do to fill some holes? Well, they have a lot of holes. They've got a lot of things that they need. They need pass rushers. They need uh, definitely need some wide receivers, especially now with uh, Josh Gordon having a positive test. So uh, I, I do think that um, you know that they will try to find a receiver or two somewhere. And then they've got cornerback issues as well. Joe Hayden coming off of an ankle surgery, only played five games last year because of concussions and other injuries. So you know you have to kind of proceed with caution there. Uh, and Justin Gilbert, their 2014 number eight overall pick, has so far been a bust. So, um, you know, maybe they can get something out of him. Maybe they can't. Uh, but nevertheless, they need to find some cornerbacks. All right. Very good. Um, good Good luck to the Browns. And, you know, the Saints will be at 12. So we'll see what's left <laughs> after you guys all at the top uh, make your selections there. Uh, Mary Kay Cabot, how can folks follow you on Twitter as we get closer and closer to that draft? Uh, it's at Mary Kay Cabot. All right, very good. Uh, a short visit, but you were right to the point, and I really appreciate it. All the best, Mary Kay Cabot. I hope that as soon as the draft is done, you get a little bit of a break. Sounds good. I hope so, too. All Take right. care. You, too. Thanks. Life is busy. You need health care that can keep up. At Auctioner, we get that. So we've made our care more schedule-friendly, like offering same-day appointments. Need a primary care physician, a pediatrician, an OBGYN? We'll get you in to see someone today. Many of our specialists are available the same day, too. And with health centers all over Greater New Orleans, there's bound to be one near you. Many are open late and on weekends for your urgent care needs. And if it's something serious, Auctioner has you covered with nationally ranked care for your most complex conditions. Want additional convenience? Now you can make appointments with many of our physicians on our website. And once you become an auctioner patient, you'll be able to do even more online, like email your doctors, see test results, and refill your prescriptions, all with a simple click. Make an appointment today at auctioner.org or call 866-AUCTIONER. Auctioner, healthcare with peace of mind. Everything you need to know about the Saints and Pelicans is right here on the Black and Blue Report. We have the good fortune on this Friday to take our show out to San Diego just at least for a moment where I'm sure it's beautiful today. And Annie Halbrook is kind enough to join us. She covers the Chargers out in San Diego. Let me guess, Annie, 72 and sunny. Is that about right? Yeah, I'm going to go about 74 and sunny, but yeah, pretty beautiful. And he's here to help us continue our draft preview. And we're going to talk about the Chargers picking at number three here in just a moment. But, Danny, I, ha- I can't help but bring up the fact that with the schedule released last night in the NFL, we find that Drew Brees and the New Orleans Saints will be playing out at San Diego on October the 2nd. I know Drew will have some excitement built up for that game. I think it's going to be exciting. You know, Drew trains here in the off season, so I, he, we see him around San Diego, and sometimes I'll make the news and things like that, do, doing some work. 
But there's a lot of Drew Brees fans out here still, of course, you know, no, no offense to Philip Rivers on that, but there's a lot of people that, you know, respect and like Drew Brees and, of course, uh, what he did here and, and what he's done with the Saints. So I think it's going to be a big game, and I know the Chargers are going to want to show up extra well for that game as well. So I think it'll be a fun a fun game to have. No doubt, no doubt. It's fun getting the schedule, isn't it? I mean, every team gets to kind of they, – they know who they're going to play, but now you see where and when. Exactly. I think that it starts to really get you excited for the season, and then you start you know, playing all the scenarios out and when you're on the road and when you're home and all that stuff. So it is pretty fun, and, and uh, I know uh, we're looking forward to it in San Diego. We've got uh, a few good matchups happening, so it'll be fun. San Diego is coming off of a 4-12 and season, Annie, so I'm sure the draft is ultra important like it is for every franchise. But as far as the Chargers go, um, what do you see them doing, especially with their first pick and then on down? Yeah, you said it, 4-12. and I mean, you know, just to go back to that schedule for one quick second, last year the Chargers had four um, primetime games scheduled. This year they have one, and so obviously that's, that, uh, that record of theirs is, is haunting them still, and it's going to be a big deal, that number three pick. With what happened yesterday with the Rams and the Titans, that may change things. That probably will change things for general manager Tom Telesco. It seems as if he will have a, the, you know, the run of the, 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 the draft as far as the position players go. And so what will be interesting to see is whether they go offense or defense on that, first, that, that number three pick. And there are some thoughts, too, that he might move down. There are a lot of needs the Chargers have. Um, almost every position group, they could add someone for depth or just for an impact player. On defense, they really don't have any impact players anymore that really are going to be someone that the offense is scared of on the other side. So um, that would be interesting. But on the offensive side, and I know I'm jumping around a little bit here, but you've got Phillip Rivers, who has sat quite a bit the last few years, and an offensive line who has had a really tough time with health. Um, they did sign left tackle King Dunlap to an extended contract. They restructured his contract in the offseason. But there's a, there's a thought he's gonna, they're going to go for Laramie Tunsil and be able to lock up the left tackle of the future for the Chargers and uh, someone who will be able to protect Phillip Rivers. So that, I think that's where I'm leaning to right now, although on defense, you know, it's, it's really tricky for me because they do need someone like a Jalen Ramsey. They need someone that's going to give them some – impact on defense and be able to be a threat to the opposing side sometimes fans don't see the draft the same way as the front office people do if you were to take a poll Annie, of of charger fans uh, what would they say needs to be done at number three (laughs) i think they want the sexier pick i think that they want like a jalen ramsey i think that they want uh someone who's going to be able to come in right away and, you know, make interceptions and, and do things on that defense because the defense has been really lacking, especially in this division. You've got the Broncos and the, the um, Raiders and uh, certainly with their top five picks in the last few years with Von Miller and Khalil Mack. I think that fans look at that and go, okay, well, you know, these are opponent, these are teams in our division that have taken a top five pick that has been excellent, that has worked out excellent for them. And I think that they want the Chargers to do the same. You know, the left tackle position – not so alluring, but obviously necessary. So, um, so I think it'll be interesting to see what they do again on that offensive line. You know, they've got uh, two players who really struggled with health on the left side with Orlando Franklin and with uh, King Dunlap last year. But I don't think they're ready to throw in the towel on them yet, and they have pretty big contracts that they're signed to. So I don't think they can. So that's kind of where the uh, the, the uncertainty lies with what with uh, what Tom Slesko will do. Yeah, 
were the Chargers able to accomplish anything in the free agency uh, that helps them, you know, obviously with the draft as a compliment? I think a little bit on that defensive line, you know, Brandon Meebane, I think that that will be a big help for them on that D-line. Um, Dwight Lowry, they signed the safety. I'm not sure that he's going to be the impact player that fans would like. Um, and they, of course, on Travis Benjamin, a uh, wide receiver kick returner that we all know and, and know has been successful. And he, I think, will help on offense, and that's good for the Chargers as they lost Malcolm Floyd to retirement this past offseason. And Keenan Allen will be back, and he'll be healthy. Uh, he's training right now after that lacerated kidney that he suffered last season. So I think when you've got Travis Benjamin and Keenan Allen and Steve Johnson and all that, I think that that, that will be a good they, – they don't usually lack on offense, the Chargers. You know, it's it's really mm-hmm. – but that they had no run game last year. The Chargers really struggled in the run game, even by picking up Melvin Gordon. They just weren't able to give him uh, a lot of help from the offensive line. So it all, again, comes back to the trenches for them, and that's kind of where uh, – where it's either, I think, going to be the Laramie Tunsil pick or it's going to be the Ramsey pick. Smart stuff, Annie. Thank you very much. Hey, we'll, we'll see you in October. I love, I love saying that. So what's the weather like in New Orleans in October? It's about as good as it gets. It really is. Okay. So, yeah, uh, it's still a little wow. on the warm side on October the 2nd, but uh, it's, it's comparable to San Diego. I hope that you get the best of San Diego. We had, we've had a few strange things um, – the last few years where we get some muggy we kind of get new orleans weather here in september and october so i'm i'm hoping you don't come into the thick of that i'm hoping you get yeah. you know clear skies and sunny that's what we'll <laughs> that's what we'll that's what we'll wish for the next few months that's for sure wonderful and annie have a great off season thank you very much you too thanks so much for having me annie heilbrun covering the chargers and joining us from san diego today we'll take another time out and we'll wrap up today's black and blue report in just a moment Trust isn't something that's easily built over video screens or with long-distance calls. That's why at Whitney Bank, we make it a priority to be here for you with more local branches offering face-to-face service. Whitney customers leave with more than a transaction receipt in hand. We listen to your goals and have what it takes to help you achieve them. Drop by today and ask about our new relationship checking packages with built-in personal identity security features. Whitney Bank, here today, here when you need us, here to build a future with you. Josh Groban on stage Friday, July 15th at Bold Sphere Music at Champion Square, featuring songs from his new album Stages as well as his classic hits with very special guest Sarah McLaughlin. Get access to preferred tickets with your city card. Tickets are on sale now. At Ticketmaster.com or by phone at 1-800-745-3000. Welcome back to the Black and Blue Report. Many thanks again to our guests today, John DeShazer, Mary Kay Cabot, and Annie Heilbrun. I felt like uh, I learned something a lot, actually, today. Maybe you have, too, and certainly, at at the very least, you've enjoyed some conversation. Our thoughts are with uh, the families of Will Smith and Hookie Gaijan today. And they're with you as well. I hope that you have a very blessed Friday. Um, I hope it uh, gives you a pause today to remember not only those two men, but uh, your own, as a matter of fact, those loved ones around you and the importance of people and their relationships to us in all of our lives. And with that, we wish you a very good weekend here forthcoming. And we'll be back with you on Monday when we'll resume this uh, podcast. 
with the coverage of the Dallas Cowboys selecting at number four. We'll also be talking about the NBA playoffs, which will be underway after two days of play over the weekend as well. For Daniel Salerson, I'm Sean Kelly. All of your details needed for regard to, with regard to the services today for both men and for all the news and information regarding the Pelicans and the Saints can be found online anytime at NewOrleansaints.com and Pelicans.com. I'm Sean Kelly. That'll do it for this week's Black and Blue Report. We'll see you Monday. Thanks for listening to this edition of the Black and Blue Report. If all goes well, we'll be back next week. Tune in each weekday at 12 p.m. or at your convenience exclusively online at NewOrleansaints.com and Pelicans.com. Follow your teams direct from the source. The Black and Blue Report. Do